Welcome to this episode of Untreated, the podcast of the Salt Lake County Stormwater Coalition. Um, as you can see from the screen, we're doing a uh, kind of a simulcast uh, audio and video that should be available in the audio and video form on our YouTube channel and at least in the audio form on our website in the podcast area. So, um, with no further ado, let's get into this uh, this the Times episode. As you can see from the screen, this is uh, we're going to be talking about the Salt Lake City uh, Adopt a Storm Drain Program. And Matthew Hendricks with Salt Lake City Corporation is with us today. So, Matthew, I'll let you kind of go from there, finish introducing yourself, and start introducing the program to us. Thank you for being here. Excellent. Yes, thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Matthew Hendricks. I'm the Stormwater Compliance Specialist for Salt Lake City Public Utilities. Um, my role is basically to make sure that the city is in compliance with our state-issued stormwater permit, which is just a permit to allow stormwater to discharge from our storm sewer system. Um, but that permit has a lot of different uh, components that we're required to manage and do so that we're preventing pollution in those discharges. And uh, this program, Adopt a Storm Drain, is actually just, it's, it serves two functions, but um, it, it tackles two of those portions of the program that we need to. And, the, and specifically, it's the public participation, excuse me, public participation and involvement minimum control measure. Um, so this is just a way for people to get involved and uh, feel some kind of ownership over their storm sewer system and the pollutants that either go in or come out of it. Excellent. So, you know, as uh, we um, kind of go through this a little bit, I was really interested to have you uh, tell us just a little bit more um, about the program, uh, maybe how it kind of came about and uh, how it's being administered and that kind of thing. Sure, of course. Well, um, the adoptive storm drain is not unique to Salt Lake City or Utah. It's actually something that's been uh, taken on nationwide at different cities around the country, but only so only so many. There's probably probably ten that come to mind when we went to look it up. But my manager, Greg Archuleta, um, had it in his head when I moved here four years ago that he would like to kick off a program like this, but we didn't quite know how, and we hadn't quite gotten to that point yet. So. Um, over a few years of discussing it, we finally decided we were ready to do it, and we went forward with the attempt. Um, we did a lot of planning that we had to talk to groups from our legal department, our public information, from our stormwater maintenance groups and administration, and even internally within our group, just to figure out what it would take um, to manage the program, what kind of resources and needs would it, you know, would it uh, incur. So we went down that path and went for a few months. We took some concepts from other cities, but specifically uh, San Francisco was the one we felt uh, most closely tied to how we were hoping to approach the program. Uh, we got our IT people to develop a web page and a map and a bunch of forms so that everything could be visible online and everything could be done online. So that was really exciting. And then with the assistance of our Stormwater Coalition, we got some flyers and uh, kind of started getting the message out. I would say the program officially kicked off in June of 2022 um, with our director of public utilities, Laura Briefer, had a public service announcement that she put out letting people know that we were taking registrations and actively accepting uh, adoptees of storm drains. Uh, our webpage went live and everybody, well, many people started to register, which was pretty exciting. We really wanted to get the word out. So we put out did some marketing efforts to include uh, mailers in our utility mailers, um, some newsletters some website editions and some social media kind of posts. And then um, I even did a photo shoot, which is visible on this first page. You can see that's me clearing a drain. 
um, in my moment uh, to shine. <laughs> and then we also had a, a news interview and some articles and reports that came out about it. It actually went viral a little bit, went around the country. So that was kind of exciting. But that's the, pro the program in a nutshell, um, at least how it got started and kicked off. And um, yeah, it's been pretty exciting. We do have... That's excellent. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I would know that. No, 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 that's excellent. I was just going to say, kind of leading into this just a little bit, is um, if folks want to, to do this, what, you know, it would be kind of expected of them. But go ahead and keep going with what you're doing. Sure. Um, no worries at all. So there are there currently we're administering the program by receiving those uh, registrations. When people want to adopt one, we process to make sure that the drain is something that they can access, that it's safe enough to do so, and that they know where it is. And then once all that's confirmed, we just approve it. And then um, ongoing, whenever somebody does adopt a drain and then whenever they clean it we just ask them to fill out a form that says we've up it's an update form but it lets us know that they've cleaned the drain and kind of gives us an estimation of how much uh, debris they remove from the drain kind of in weight it's really an estimation but it's helpful for us to get some metrics to to see how the program is evolving and performing which is exciting and then of course if there's ever a concern like say a clogged drain that's visibly the the subsurface pipe is clogged and water's not able to get into it that's a pretty big problem and because of safety issues, we wouldn't ask people to clean inside of the drain. We wouldn't ask them to lift the grate or anything. It's it's not uh, it's not needed or or wanted by them. But then they submit a form to us, letting us know that they have a concern, and that's uh, that's our reporting function. And once they report to us, we get our stormwater maintenance crew to go out there. And so it's like a a second set of eyes and ears out there um, for certain storm drains to let us know when we're having problems. Um, I'd say the future of the program is really we'd like to just get as many people involved as we can. Uh, schools and churches would be great groups of, of people that could get come together and adopt multiple storm drains. And the idea is with more coverage and more drains protected and adopted, um, we'll just have that much better flowing storm water that'll be cleaner and uh, less offensive to the receiving water bodies downstream, which generally in Salt Lake is the uh, the Jordan River, which all goes to the Great Salt Lake, as we probably all know, and we need to protect that as much as we can. Um, and yeah, we are hoping in the future also to set up a storm drain art program, which will kind of coincide with this program, just to let people um, put their artistic touch on identifying where these drains are and reminding people that they do drain to waterways and they, are, they do not go to treatment plants like I think many people believe or, or falsely understand. That's, that's excellent. So I guess mm -hmm. uh, uh, now I'm pro I got a little bit ahead of myself. I was uh, asking you a little bit about some of the details from the, the the public standpoint. What what all kind of is involved with with their doing it? And I know you talked a little bit about that in the last slide. Maybe you can go into a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Now I'm kind of assuming that even though we're talking about a storm drain, that people are going to choose to clean it during a dry period. So you're mostly going to be looking at like dried leaves and and um, uh, what uh, fast food wrappers and bottles and cans and those kinds of the things that you would mm -hmm. just scoop up and put in a bag and dispose of or take to you guys or whatever they do, right? So anyway, maybe go into a little bit more details about that. Absolutely, yeah, it's my fault. I, I actually uh, added a slide, <laughs> so apologies. But um, yeah, the idea is that when somebody adopts a drain, they are only expected to clean the surface of it and the area around it about twice per month is what we're asking people to do. They can do it more or less as they're mm -hmm. able, but every little bit does help. Um, we do ex 
think that the, the best process is to wear something reflective so that they're safe. But the idea is, yeah, they're just kind of using a rake and a shovel to clean off mostly dirt and um, yardscape debris, such as um, leaves and, and sticks and grass, you know, mowing clippings, but um, anything that might end up on it to include trash and litter. Yes, that's a, that's a big deal. Uh, just to keep those things out of our waterways. Um, the idea is that once they remove it, they'll put it in a can and we'll get it disposed of properly. And again, if there's something scary or um, unsafe about it, like say some needles or something particularly heavy, or maybe somebody sees pollution of some kind, they would report to us to let us know that there's something else going on there beyond the, just a traditional cleaning. And uh, we we follow up on it. So it is, it's all being done to protect to protect both the river and the local community because when those storm drains do get clogged, they do flood. And that can be a pretty big problem in in, in the immediate vicinity. Um, and then of course we need that water to go to the Great Salt Lake anyway. So it's a it's a dual effort there to make the water flow and keep it as clean as possible. But that's all that we expect of people. And we've had some pretty good uh, involvement I think it's important to recall or to keep in mind that we do have all this set up digitally. So there's a form from for most things, unfortunately, but um, the primary form that we want people to do is register for the program that gets them in the system. And then, of course, they can update us whenever they do their cleanings, which is great. And then they can report back to us, as I said before, whenever they encounter a problem. Uh, we do have a map online on our website. I think if you're looking at this uh, video, you can see it on the lower left-hand corner. That's showing all the adopted storm drains in our city. Um, but then we also have an internal-facing map, if you look on the right side, that has all those adopted storm drains, the reporting events, and the updating events. And you can see that outside of the boundaries of our city, there's uh, quite a few people that have tried to adopt the drain, but we, we can't... Um, we can't allow that to happen, at least in our system, in our program, because we're not in, it's not in our jurisdiction. So we uh, we ask people to reach out to their local uh, municipalities to see if they're uh, involved in the program or not. And we just update the map accordingly as we go. So it's, it's a good, uh, well-oiled, well-managed process. Um, and it seems to be working pretty well. I could jump into some metrics if you'd like. Yes, please. Awesome. Okay. Well, I, like, I am happy to say that we've had 52 people adopt storm drains so far, um, but amongst those 52 people, 94 drains have been adopted. So that means that many people adopted two to five drains each, which is really exciting. We've had a lot of uh, really good responses from that. And of course, they keep coming in. So I have about six that are pending where I need to identify specifically where they are because sometimes they 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 got they live in another city and somehow heard about our program and um, I just need to make sure that it's clear where their train is. We've received seventy four updates, so the seventy four times people have let us know that they cleaned their drain. Um, I, I think that there's probably more participation than that, but that's just the people that have taken the time to do so. Um, and in those seventy four cleanings, they've uh, reportedly removed about thirteen hundred and eighty pounds of debris, including grass clippings and trash and sticks and whatnot. And they've spent about 3,300 minutes um, cleaning those drains. So it's a, it's a large impact already, just, to, just since June of 2022. So in about uh, six and a half months, we've had that much uh, come through. We've also had 11 reports of concerns that are primarily clogged drains, but a couple of them are questions of whether or not their drain is sized properly. And of course they are sized uh, to engineering standards. So they're not, there's not much we can do about it. So we resolve the ones that we can and the ones that we can't, we just let them know that that there was nothing that could be done about that situation, but they we appreciate people letting us know whenever they encountered concerns. 
Um, we do keep track of who's adopted, how they're adopting either as a group or an individual, and why they adopted. So that's kind of exciting. And as you can see on the right side of this page, we have a table that's um, people said they adopted as a family, about 17 of them. Three of them were groups of friends. Uh, 28 were individuals. And we've had two schools so far. I really do want to see more schools and churches, as I mentioned before. But it's all very exciting. We're getting a lot done. Um, and, and, Matthew, may, oh. and may I ask you one more question about that last one with the metrics? I know you mentioned a couple of times that you're interested in getting more schools and uh, churches involved. Um, if you are representing a school that is within the, you know, or church within the Salt Lake City boundaries and the drain, storm drain you want to adopt is within the boundaries, it's, it would be okay if the point person, the representative, like if I were a school employee and I were your point person, it would be okay if I lived in Midvale or Murray or anywhere else in the in the state, basically, as long as I'm <clears throat> representing that entity that's within Salt Lake City and the storm drain is within Salt Lake City. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct, yes. We can't and honor then, registrations outside of the city, but you can live outside the city as long as the drain is within the city. Is within the city. And then the other mm -hmm. part of that is um, you mentioned schools and churches specifically. What about you know, small businesses, uh, uh, a restaurant or day spa or whatever that has a storm drain near their location. Absolutely. Yeah, I think there's a whole lot of different kinds of groups and organizations out there that we would have, we would happily have anybody adopt a storm drain uh, as part of this program. And I would love to see businesses take on the drains in front of and upstream from them. That'd be awesome. Uh, I think Boy Scout and Girl Scout groups probably see this as a great volunteer opportunity. Um, definitely churches and just HOAs, honestly, a homeowners association. I'm sure they have um, a vested interest in keeping those trains clean anyway, just for aesthetic reasons. But as you know, per our program, we would happily have them join up as well. So we'd, we're looking to get the to spread the word and get as many people involved as we can. So then to that point, as we move forward, um, I know you've had some uh, interaction with some of your uh, adoptees so far, and some of them have given you some good reasons why they have chosen to adopt a, a storm drain. So maybe you could uh, elaborate on that a little bit. What are some of the additional reasons that people or groups have adopted? Yeah, no, that's that's a good question. It, it has been really interesting to see how people found out about it and why they choose to. Um, we do have a series of answers on the initial registration form as far as what, you know, why are they adopting a storm drain? So we have the, the, the kind of catch-all stock answers uh, that's easy to volunteer in their community that they or they want to help improve water quality. I think that water quality one seems to be the highest, um, the most common reason that people are doing it. Uh, but an easy volunteer opportunity is second. Uh, beyond that, you know, I've gotten a couple of people just say that they've been doing it for a long time and they're just happy to see that this is a program that that other people can join in. They Some have said that they feel like more people should be cleaning up their neighborhoods anyway, so it's it's great. Um, somebody said, hey, it's on my corner, I might as well. Um, and then I even had a teacher reach out that said it was an easy action-related project uh, for her fourth grade pro students um, that were learning about environmental protection and, and uh, concern. So there's a lot of variable reasons why people would, but those are some of them right there. And I think uh, I'm happy anytime somebody wants to join the program. Great. Well, that kind of brings us to some of the fun part of this. I know you've got <laughs> photos that you wanted to share today for those that are watching this um, yes. on YouTube. Uh, go ahead and, and uh, share some of the photos and give us some ideas of 
of what kind of documentation you're looking for? Because I know you want more than just the written words. You you want some of those photos, so maybe you can give folks that are interested in this an idea of what types of, of photographic documentation you're looking for as well. Sure, um, we'll, we can move to that. So pictures are appreciated. They're not required, but it helps us to, to kind of see the impacts of the program and on top of the metrics that, that are reported. Um, but I just love pictures. And obviously, before and after pictures tell a really big story. I think this first one here on the slide kind of speaks volumes about how much material was on that this drain and how clogged it it was and whether or not it was going to function at all is, is questionable. But it looks really great now. And you can see that they removed it and put it in in bags. Um, and that's pretty much again, it's not a, it's not a requirement that they send pictures, but it's really helpful if they do. I think it just really shows it. Here's a series of slides to show you the before and after of a drain. Some of them are not as impacted. Some of them are certainly impacted. And either way, once they're done, they're free flowing, they're clear of debris, and water is able to get out of there and make its way to the river. So it is really appreciated. Um, the, the information that we're really tracking is just how many people were involved in the cleaning that day, how much time did they spend on it, and then just an estimation of how much debris they found and what kind of debris it is. It's not the easiest thing to, to measure, so we decided to go by weight. Um, volume would have been a little bit difficult. And then, of course, it's not like we carry around a scale, so it's a little, it's really more of an estimation. But I think we all generally know what about 20 pounds feels like, and I think a lot of times they're significantly more than 20 pounds of debris, at least in the fall. That seemed to be the case. As you can see in this picture, there was a lot of leaf and and uh, detritus litter on the street there. But uh, yeah, that's what we hope to see. I love these pictures. They just, they really do tell the story. Sometimes it's very little like this picture. There's just a little bit of leaf debris on one inlet that the person cleaned up. And, you know, it may seem insignificant, but if you think about this on mass, on the, all the inlets around the city, there's, there's a lot of material that has its ability to get into our waterways and um, it can be a big problem. So it's really helpful. And yeah, so we, we really enjoy seeing those pictures. Um, I think one of the the more fun aspects of this program that people really seem to to get excited about, and I am also excited about, is that you're able to name your drain. So if you adopt a storm drain, you can name it, um, and as long as it's it's safe for work or fit for uh, for children's eyes, then we're we're happy to take those names and and keep them. And I have a list here on this slide at the bottom of people that have named their their drains things that I found rather humorous or um, cute or however you want to look at it. Uh, a couple of examples are Anita Stormy Flow. So she needs water to enter her drain. And that's that one. Grady McGreatface, I thought was pretty uh, humorous. Pennywise makes me laugh if you're familiar with the It movie. Um, and Purple Drain, Purple Drain, because I am a a fan of, sorry, I'm trying to remember his name right now. Uh, but yeah, so music related. I'm, I'm going to kick myself for not remembering that later. But Guzzler is another good game. Watershed Warrior. These are all really fun. Uh, cute names that that really uh, people can personalize and identify with their drain. So that's it's just something I wanted to stress is that it's it's funny, and when family gets involved, they can name it whatever they want, and it's cute. Um, we do get. Oh, I'm sorry. Did that answer your question? Or we're, yeah, or totally. Yeah, please go into the testimony. Yeah. This is awesome too. Okay. Yeah. So when when people do and. Um, join up with our program, I ask them for just kind of thoughts on why they're why they're signing up. And then sometimes afterwards, I'll, I'll reach out to them and see, you know, how things are going. And I just feel like it, it was a good idea to go ahead and track some of what they've said. And I so here's a couple of their testimonials on the screen. If somebody's able to read that, they can. I'll, I'll give you a few highlights. Um, we had somebody that said that they were 
happy to ad adopt the drains on their street. Um, and they, they hope that they could get a bunch of people out to do this because they really um, want to keep the Jordan River fr free of trash and uh, keep it clean in the future, which I think is pretty exciting. Um, we did have one group say that um, that they that their concern was with the Great Salt Lake drying up and the drought that we're having, and they want to see more water make its way uh, to the river and to that lake. So we can appreciate that um, as a good reason to do so as well. Um, we had somebody that was a city employee that had a big rain event and saw that the water was ponding um, pretty excessively at their inlet, and they wondered why. And so they took a little shovel, and sure enough, they were able to clear the debris enough to have the water drain as it's supposed to, and it just kind of got them thinking about it. And then they saw a newsletter that we had put out and they thought, oh, well then maybe we should join this program. And they did, and it, they've been uh, very helpful in maintaining that drain ever since. Um, we had one guy say that he's been, or his partner has been cleaning for 24 years, their drains already. So he's well ahead of the, of the curve on this and we're happy to have them. Um, and then of course we had somebody say that she was excited because the drain was near her house but she wanted to know if her mother and holiday could adopt a drain there. And uh, as we spoke about earlier, we're not able to honor registrations in other cities, um, but it was, it was nice that she wanted to share the experience and, and get more people involved. Um, and yeah, then of course, the last one I'd like to mention is that fourth grade teacher that was really excited about making it a service project for her group. I actually went out there and uh, presented to them and explained to them the reasons for the program, got them to, Got them excited, I think, about what they had signed up for, and I was really excited to have that school join in. So there's a lot of good reasons. Hooray for storm drain adoption is one of them, which I thought was cute. Um, and yeah, we're happy to have anybody join up as long as they're interested and willing. Well, this is an amazing program, Matthew. I'm really excited about it. And as you were saying, it's still pretty new, right? It really just basically got off the ground sometime last year. Correct, yes. So there's a, the trajectory looks like it's on its way up still. And uh, That's right. Uh, I, anyone I got a few. Get... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say I received a couple more registrations just this morning. So it's going to keep growing. That map of the city, I'm hoping to get some more on the west side. But since people primarily live on the east side, or at least east of the airport, um, that makes sense why most of the drains are over there. But we want to get... Um, as much coverage as we can and as many drains as adopted as possible. And I think it'll only snowball from here, the more, more people hear about it. And I'm, I'm excited to hear that other cities are um, looking to get their own programs started, like West Valley City reached out to me. I think Murray City reached out recently. So I'm, we're really hopeful, and as part of the coalition, we're all hopeful that this spreads and that more people can get involved. I think it's really helpful to get people to understand um, the effects of stormwater pollution and the ways that pollution gets into our stormwater and eventually to our waterways. And this is just one little facet of it, but it's an important one. And of course the protection of flooding and prevention of flooding is really, really important to the people that live there. So yeah, well, I'm excited about the program. Yeah, it seems like it's something that's relatively straightforward and fairly easy, especially if there's a couple of you doing the work, but it's a way that any of us can feel like we're involved in actually doing something, which I think is, is kind of a good feeling to have, you know. So um, I just think it's a fabulous program. As you can see, all of Matthew's contact information is there on the screen. Uh, it will be on our, our webpage as well. Uh, please reach out to him. And as he mentioned, even if you are not in Salt Lake City proper, he will get you the information of the appropriate jurisdiction where your address is. And, and I think the more 
people also reach out to their own cities and say, hey, why don't we do something like Salt Lake City's doing in their city? Why don't we do something here like that? I think that will also make a big difference. So anyway, thank you for your time, Matthew. This has been really informative. And uh, until next time, this is Untreated, the podcast of the Salt Lake County Stormwater Coalition.